Welcome to the Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Brita Wallace, and I am so happy that you are tuning in. So we have an amazing guest today, Gabriella Keys, otherwise known as Rella B, which she will talk to you about as soon as I introduce her. But first, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Rella B. Rella B's transformation from a career-focused adult to a passionate advocate for the magic of childhood has resonated with countless families worldwide. Her belief that work and play should be inseparable companions has shaped her mission to provide young readers with captivating tales that not only entertain, but also instill valuable life lessons, which is so amazing. Relaby's stories are a reflection of her dedication to nurturing the spirit of curiosity, courage, and self-belief in children. Through her enchanting narratives, she invites children to venture on adventures where they can conquer fears, celebrate diversity, and embrace the power of their own imaginations, which is also amazing and not something that is focused on a lot today. Um, Rella B's journey reminds us all that there's no age limit on dreaming, exploring, and discovering the joy in everyday moments. And to late, today, ladies, uh, Rella B is here to talk to us about elimination communication, which is a little bit different than what she does, but she's also going to uh, tell you the story behind Rella B, which is really awesome. So Gabriella, can you uh, just tell the mom listeners today, you know, your story to start? I always love the moms listening to uh, just get to know the guest speakers that are on the show. So I, uh, without further ado, just welcome you to the show. I'm so happy to have you here um, today. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Britta. Yes, yeah. I'm Gabriella Keys. And as far as my motherhood journey went, I only have one right now. She's three years old, a little girl. And when I was pregnant with her, I had all of these fantastic ideas that, you know, I was going to do all of these things and it was going to be amazing. And then when she was born, um, some of them worked and some of them did not. Oh, One of them <laughs> that worked was elimination communication. And I was really happy about that because awesome. I felt like it made both of our lives easier. Yeah. Um, and then in creating Mella B, I've always wanted to write children's books. I've loved writing my whole life. And I was pushed into going ahead and pulling the trigger to write them because I had actually written 20 children's books while I was working on a work iPad. And then they all got wiped out with a work update. Oh. So because of that, I was like, wow, like one, I need to rewrite most of these. And two, I actually need to do something with them and back them up and actually get them out there because I'm just wasting time. So yeah. I didn't just want to write books. I wanted to promote literacy and create content around my books as well. So I decided to start a podcast and a YouTube channel. And I just wanted to do things a little bit different. So now, now Rella B is here. <laughs> that is awesome. So tell us listeners, tell the mom listeners today who Rella B is and, and how that's helped you in your life, because you were telling me a little bit about that. Um, earlier, and I just think it's so important, and, and your story might help another mom be able to discover some some things about herself too. So, definitely. Um, so I've realized that a lot of my adulthood is really healing childhood wounds, mm, and yeah. Rella B does so much of that for me as far as 
now there's so many different aspects that I have to take care of differently because yeah. of Rollaby. I used to sew, but I would struggle with threading the bobbin, but I always wanted to design clothes. So yeah. I actually designed all of Rollaby's clothes. She has different attire for different videos, and that's just really fun. Um, I did print some to Amanda. I did not sew them because I cannot sew, but <laughs> <laughs> that's something I always wanted to do. I always wanted to write books, so I'm writing books. I always wanted to sing. I cannot sing. I cannot sing at all. But she has sing-along songs, and they're fun. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yes. So she just kind of is all of those dreams realized again as an adult. Um, and it's all just coming out in this big passion project. That is beautiful. That is so beautiful. Like, you're finding your inner child, and you're nurturing her, and, like, just making using your imagination and being creative with her and like just doing so many things that we all should have done it as a child but that we should really do as an adult too because i mean i think we should all have somebody like that inside of us that comes out and like that inner child and helps heal um those parts of us you know that need healing and you're doing it in such a creative and imaginative way and that's so beautiful i just love that so much so um, you definitely are an inspiration and you definitely inspired me to think more about that. Like, hmm, what stuff can I create in like, in your own unique, in my own uniqueness, right? It wouldn't be like exactly following you or creating clothes. What am I interested in? What do I want this person to be? And I think, um, and how can I help her, you know, this little girl, right? Like right. what are the things that she's interested in? Is that kind of like where that stemmed from? Like those questions that you were like asking yourself and. Um, um, I mean, there's just so many things when I was younger that I wanted to do that I just never did. When right. I was younger, I wanted to do beauty pageants. Mm -hmm. And this is when I tell people they get a lot more sad than necessary. <laughs> but I told my family I wanted to do beauty pageants. They were like, no, my mom didn't want me to do it because of the attention. And my right. dad didn't want me to, well, I asked my dad, I said, I want to do beauty pageants. And he said, oh, so you think you're pretty enough to win a beauty pageant? Oh, no, you are. Yeah. Thanks. But it was just, in that point in time, it was like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. I think it'd be worth trying. And so when I was 22, I went on and I did beauty pageants for years. I did like six mm -hmm. or seven of them and wore one, like four or five. So awesome. um, that was the beginning of healing my inner child. So now, yeah. you know, it's just a lot more of that. And it's really exciting. Yeah. And you're doing those things, you know, like that you, I just love that, that you dreamed of doing when you were a child and you're making them become a reality. That's hurtful when somebody says it to you, especially somebody close to you. So yeah, that definitely needs some healing and what better way to do it than to be like, I am beautiful enough. Let me show you what's up. I'm going to do this whether you want or not, but that's still amazing. I think that just was a little like, ha ha. Um, yeah. in, a, in a fun way, not in like a mean way, but like, I'm sure that made you feel good. Like that validation and confirmation, right? Like that extra. Yeah. Um, so 
would you want to tell any of the or the moms listening today anything else about Rella B before we talk about what moms are probably wondering what the heck is elimination communication? Right. <laughs> um, basically, I mean, you can find me at relabebooks.com. And as far as my content, I try to be really interactive with the kids. So I don't just read them books. I start with a stretch first and mm-hmm. then we do a little riddle. And then okay. after the riddle, we'll do the reading and then go over the lessons in the book. So it's not just listening to a book being read. I try to get their brains and bodies ready. And uh, yeah. you know, when you watch content, lots of the time you're so sedentary. So I wanted them to get up and move. That's awesome. So on your website, you can go to a place and at relby.com and you they can join you virtually. Um. So, or they watch videos, or how does that work? Videos on YouTube. So that's my website, but you can just type in Rella B Books to YouTube too. Okay. So awesome. So Rella B Books to learn more about your books, buy your books, because we should all be doing that, right? And then going to YouTube for the teachings for or for the teachings, for the the lessons and these interactive, really fun things for kids to do with you. Yes, That's there's a screen awesome. tree version and a visual version. So it's awesome. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm going to definitely search you on YouTube and do those things with my kids because they will love it. Um, and they both really love books. My oldest a little more than my four-year-old, but um anything that's interactive, my four-year-old will be all over this and this will actually help him love books more. So thank you. Um so let's talk to the moms listening today what elimination communication actually is. Because when you mentioned it to me, I wasn't sure either. And I'm very interested in it. Um, and I'm very interested in, you know, even incorporating this with my baby. I have an eight-month-old. So I'm excited to learn about this. I'm sure that there's other moms listening today that are wondering what it's about and uh, if they don't know, and how they can make this a reality in their home. So, right. So, as far as it goes, I'm not an expert in elimination communication. Yeah. There are books that are written about it. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't buy the book. I watched a couple of podcasts. I joined a couple of groups on Facebook. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to try this. It's actually a really natural way of pottying in other countries that yeah. don't have as much access to, like, toilet paper or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or diapers. Yeah. So what you do basically is just watch the cues and the signs of your baby going potty. Like most of the time babies make those funny little faces whenever they're going poo or potty. And then when you realize that they're doing that, you notice their cues, you can bring them to the potty. But in realizing their cues, you can give them signs like um, potty Mm -hmm. or pee pee. Um, And you can just make your own signs if you want to. Those are signs that I use. And mm-hmm. I feel like those are pretty common. They'll also make sounds. The parents will make sounds like when they're maybe peeing or mm-hmm. like when they're going, you know, number two. <laughs> and so then they associate that with going potty and then they have different ways to communicate it when they can. 
Some people start doing it as early as birth, just off of the cues, facial expressions, sounds that they may make. Um, some people will leave their baby diaper free all day and let them just kind of roam the house or lay on maybe like a, a towel or something like that. I was not that committed. So <laughs> I started when my daughter was four months because she could sit up and my daughter was so chunky. She was 20 pounds at four months. Wow. Um, she could sit on the a little training potty on the actual toilet at four months. So I was like, perfect. Yeah. Um, and then we started with the signs and we started with the communication and she didn't start signing back to me until she was about 10 months. Okay. And around 10 months, she also started to walk and to talk. So she had a little bit of a regression. She didn't want to sit on the potty as much. And that's perfectly normal. The yeah. biggest thing with the elimination communication is to go off the, to go off of the cues of the child. So mm-hmm. if it starts stressing the child out, then just don't do it. If right. you start getting stressed out, then don't do it. Yeah. But you know, there's so many different ways you can do it. You can do it with regular diapers. You can do it with no diapers. You can do it with cloth diapers. There's so many different ways to do it. As long as you just make it work for you and your child, that's what's best. I personally didn't like changing diapers. Yeah. And uh, that was the best for me. Like I, she started pooping regularly in the potty every day. I want to say um, at about six months. So I did not have to change poopy diapers pretty much after six months. And then she was potty trained fully um, in the daytime at 14 months, Mm -hmm. which is kind of late for elimination communication, but we had that regression. Um, But I mean, it worked out. Then she started wearing little panties and then she was fully potty trained at night. I want to say at 16 months. She could hold it all the way through the, all the way through the night too. So it's been nice. Yes. Yeah. So when you started, tell us, like you did give us bits and pieces, but kind of just tell us how you started the journey. Like you, okay. So you started on the potty. Um, and then what was next? So like how you started using the signs with her and then she started signing back to you at 10 months, right? You said, and then she was also talking and walking at that time a little bit. Yes. She said to do everything at once. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what, so my oldest is very determined like that as well. Um, and he walked at eight months and now I have a baby who is eight months and he is like standing up for like 20 seconds by himself at a time. So it's coming. He's been pulling himself up on furniture for over a month. All my kids walked early and I was hoping this one would be a little less determined about it because like I would go for like 12 months even 10 months would be, you know, I was like, Oh, just please give me 12 months with this kid. And <laughs> was that, you know, like, <laughs> like average, the average is pretty, you know, even later than it goes even later than that. But um, no, I have early walkers. My kids have very strong gross motor, motor skills for whatever reason. So not such good potty skills, however. So this actually is probably, um, something that like if it was if you had some advice on like how to get started like what would the steps be um like for somebody like me that has a baby who's interested in doing this like what did you do I know there's books and stuff but like from your experience and of course 
you say that you're not an expert in, in this. Um, you are a, an expert on Relevee and your stories, however, <laughs> but you did it and you were successful at it. So that does give you some credit, right? On some expertise in this area. <laughs> so especially to help moms along on this journey. Yes. So depending on what age your child is, there's different ways to start. Um, okay. Basically, I believe if you start after 12 months, they almost consider it early potty training instead of elimination communication. Yeah. Um, so there's different ways to start. And if you're starting at birth, again, that would be more, you're just basing it off of their cues. Some people have these little potties, they're called like top hat potties, or they'll use buckets or bowls and they'll just hold their baby. Um, I wish I had a little teddy bear right next to me, but they'll basically like hold their thighs and their back and support them like up against their body and okay. then let them use the potty or the top hat potty or bowl. And right. um, they'll make the sounds when they're going potty so that they can associate that. And they'll start that at birth, like small little babies. Um, so if you want to do it that way, then, you know, you'll just have to support them a lot more. Mm -hmm. I personally wanted to wait until my child could sit up. And some people do wait until they can sit up. And then you can still put them on a little training potty. Mm -hmm. And then again, once you start recognizing the signs just bring them to the potty some people will bring them to the potty like every hour um mm -hmm. just to get them used to sitting on the potty yeah. and read them a book and then just wait for the signs for them to go potty but mm -hmm. the biggest part of elimination communication is reading their signs yeah so if they get distressed then you know don't do it take a break um mm -hmm. so depending on where you're at decide what type of equipment that you want to use to help your child and then yeah. decide how long you want to go diaper free because some people will have all day diaper free where they don't put a diaper on a child some people will just diaper most of the day um I did a little bit of diaper free time because I had tile floor yeah and that was okay <laughs> um and it's just a lot easier. You can put like little socks on them. So they're so warm, like the long socks. Yeah. And then whenever you notice maybe they're about to go, you can put them on the potty and then take them off and they continue doing whatever they're doing. Right. Um, but that's basically how you start. You decide what's appropriate for their age level and then mm -hmm. pick equipment. And then are you going all out and like not using diapers at all? Or um, do you want to do it kind of hybrid like I did? Yeah. Yeah. I think a hybrid method would probably work for me too. Um, and I potty trained my oldest by the letting him go commando in my house. And we weren't in a situation to do that with my second born because of where we moved to and where we lived. There's like, there are a lot of people around and family mm -hmm. coming in and out. So he like literally would just he would be devastated if I was just letting him run around naked with all these people around during that time too. Um, but yeah, it, and he went to daycare at the time too. So there wasn't like a period of time where we could do that when there wasn't people, people were around on the weekend and that's when we would have done it. You know what I mean? Like on a long weekend, but that's when people are around the most. 
And during the week it's quieter, but he was at daycare at the time when he was potty training. So, but it's kind of like that same process that I used with my oldest is like the three day method that kind of just like let him be aware of like his cues and us aware of his cues. And we were able to read them much better. My biggest thing with a a small child, like for me, I'm like, I know when my baby is going poop because they make those faces, but I don't know when he's going pee. So what are, what was some signs that your daughter, like that you picked up on that your daughter would, um, that tuned you in to like reading those cues with your daughter when she was uh, peeing? So because I did hybrid, she was in a diaper most of the time. And most of the pee, I did not catch, honestly. Okay. Um, okay. It would normally be every morning once she woke up, I would mm-hmm. put her on the potty. Yeah. Every time she woke up from a nap, I would put her on the potty. And lots okay. of those times I would successfully catch pee because she would just wake up and pee. Have to go, um, yeah. Right. And then whenever she had to go number two, then she would normally pee at that time too. So when she was smaller, it was harder to get the pee. But when I would make the sounds and start signing to her and uh, yeah. just cueing her, then mm-hmm. it got to be a lot easier because then I would put her on the potty, you know, before we would go to the car, like with your son now, um, you know, you could start putting him on the potty just at certain times, like every time he wakes up, every time he wakes yeah. up either nap or just in the morning right. and then yep. before you get in the car and then when you get home so mm-hmm. then he always knows that he's always going to have those opportunities to go and then he might start waiting so that mm-hmm. he can go at those opportune times that's a really big part of it when they start getting yeah. older too because um, right. you build those routines and they already know like oh I can go potty once I get home or I can go potty we're about to leave yeah yeah, we do a little bit of sign language too. So that's something that he's familiar with, a few signs at least. And um, and I love signing with babies. So I think that that's just awesome way to communicate when they can't communicate fully. Um, you know, even when they do start talking, it's a word here and there, right? And pointing and, and stuff like that. But having those signs that they can sign and, and you can communicate with them that way is so it's so beneficial if you have the time and you have, um, I mean, I don't really think it takes much time, but you have to learn them, you know, um, and then, and be doing them, especially like he doesn't do those back to me, but we've been doing them since he was like four or five months old. So I know it's coming cause he's eight months now, you know, um, and he gets really excited when I do them, but, um, that's something that, would be so easy to incorporate. And honestly, this just sounds like your potty, this is like your potty training. It's very similar to potty training. You're just doing it much earlier, right? Yes. And it's nice because then I feel like they get a sense of autonomy earlier by doing that because, you know, once they're signing back at eight, nine, 10, 11 months, they're like, hey, I have to go potty. Maybe you're like, you know, I'm sorry, you got to use your diaper because we're in the car unless you can wait 10 minutes and it's okay, but you know, mm-hmm. I'll give you a chance once we get home. Um, yeah. But my, my daughter started asking for privacy uh, on the potty. I think it like 12 months or so. Wow. Yeah. She wanted me to like turn around. <laughs> it was very interesting. I was like, Oh, okay. Like I didn't even know you knew the concept of privacy. Yeah. Um, 
but that's why toddlers will hide and go poop because they want privacy too. Yeah. But they they start recognizing their own body a little bit more with your help in doing it. So I've been really been a really big advocate for elimination communication. I know it sounds really like woo woo, but it's not hard. And I promise, like I was so lazy about it, honestly, and I was really happy with the results. <laughs> well, that's awesome, and that's encouraging. You know, like, especially I am done with diapers too, you know, like so over it, three kids in my middle child, he asked for privacy, but at a normal age where like, <laughs> developmentally where he was potty training and he was like privacy. Now he wants you to go to the bathroom with him because he's scared to walk down our long hallways, but this is like a phase he's in. Um, and I'm like, I'll turn the light on for you. And then I'll walk them down. And I'm like, I'm going back to the kitchen. You are courageous and you're brave and you're going to, our house is safe. I just walked you down here. The light's on. But if I do stand down there with him, which I will sometimes, um, but I'm moving more and more away from that and like encouraging him to be courageous and brave. He will ask for privacy. I need privacy. But it was really funny when he was younger and the way he would say, I need privacy, privacy. And especially <laughs> his older brother. Um, and it was something we used to get a kick out of. Like, he's so little asking us for privacy. Not 12 months though. That's amazing. But my oldest son, he is very highly intelligent. And I'm not saying that because I'm his mom. He actually has special needs and he had to get tested for special needs. And when they do those tests, they test processing speed and, and they test your IQ. Um, and there's reasons they do this because sometimes this goes hand in hand with diagnoses, right? But he um, he is very he is above average IQ and is very very smart. And I would have a conversation with him at a very young age that people would be looking at me like, this is so bizarre. Like, does this girl actually think that this kid is understanding her? <laughs> like. And I have people who didn't know me um, and then got to know me and got to know him and was like, I used to think you were crazy for talking to him like this. And I have, I was earning a degree in early childhood at the time too. So I'm like, I know that he shouldn't be able to have these comprehension skills, but he did like he could have them. And as a mom, you know, you know, like, yes, like this is amazing that you have this skill um, you know, but it's early, right? Like for your daughter to have that comprehension at 12 months is very early, but you know, and, and somebody might think that that's like, oh my goodness, she's asking for privacy. Like that's so <laughs> weird because she's so young, but, um, I understand it. Cause the same thing was, you know, with my oldest son, I could have these conversations with him at a very young age and like his comprehension skills are just amazing. Um, and he's too smart for his own good, which gets him into trouble sometimes, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and then we have impulsiveness and other things that we struggle with because of special needs. So all the things, and he is my biggest life challenge for sure. <laughs> but um, he potty trained the best so far, also out of all of them. And I did do a form of this in a sense is very similar. He was older though. So I really like the concept of doing it when my baby is young. And I used to sit Jack on the potty when he was young too. He was very interested in it. And then he became totally like, no, not doing it. So I waited to potty train him. Um, but I mean, I was home with him most of the time. 
we had been moving when he when he moved we moved when he was um five months so i used to start and we had my husband went to work nights and wasn't around for like four or five days out of the week depending on what the week schedule was you know because he worked four four days on one week and then three days the next so there was a sleeping day in there at least for half of a day too so on the week that he was working four days you know, straight at night, he slept on that fifth day for half the day, at least, you know, so I had this apartment full of boxes and unsafe things. And I couldn't just like leave him (laughs) safe area because there was no safe area. So I had the potty in the bathroom and I started just sitting him on it. And that was just something I started doing with him at six months. And then it just became a thing. Um, he didn't use it very often. I didn't start like putting him on it naked. I just would sit him on it to introduce him to it. But this is, so there were certain things that I did do, but not really knowing that I was like kind of getting him introduced to the potty. It was just like, well, Hey, I'll introduce him to the potty because he has to come to the bathroom with me. You might as well sit here. So you're not afraid of it because I do know kids can be afraid of the potty sometimes. And I would have them flush it because our potty is flushable. And then it makes like a flushing sound. And then it's like, yay, you know, so I wanted to get them used to, um, to all of that stuff. And this is just more strategic. So I am familiar with some of these steps, but my strategy is off, you know, so I'm glad to have learned about these things. And I'm sure that other moms Um, I have a friend who did, who did this too. Um, and I'm pretty sure, and she'll correct me if I'm wrong. Do you remember if I told you it was like from new, like newborn, she said her kids never wore diapers, right? Isn't that what I told you? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very interested in, um, in how, you know, she did that. And I'm going to ask her, uh, how, you know, what that process was. She was just, you know, we have talked about it a little bit, but she's like, I just didn't like diapers and want my kids to wear diapers. And I, I, kind of the same thing. I just read their cues, but that's as much as she said to me. And I feel like there's a little more to it than that. Right. Like there, there's a process. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, very curious to learn, you know, how that went for her and, and any hiccups or anything that she encountered even though you say that you were a little um, lazy about it or lax about it is a better word, right? Like you were like fully committed, let's just say. Um, Did you inquire other than the regression, which is huge, any other like challenges with elimination communication with your daughter? Um. I mean, no, not really. It was just, uh, I made it part of the routine, offering the yeah. body. And, and that's Right. I mean, just like you have to change a baby's diaper so many times a day, like just change the diaper, offer the body when you change the diaper, you know, just have your own routine mm-hmm. so your baby knows at times. Um, yeah. Do you think that's- of any challenges? People thinking that I was crazy. <laughs> I guess. I like- think that we're crazy for one reason or another, like throughout our whole entire lives right <laughs> so, right whatever so, who cares right that part they're just like why are you doing that you don't need to put your baby on the potty I'm like but this isn't hurting you it's not hurting her and it's not hurting right. me so like we're gonna do this 
<laughs> and they were so impressed. Exactly, exactly. They were so impressed after the fact. And I was like, yeah, you guys are over here calling me crazy. <laughs> Aw. Well, I am encouraged. I hope moms listening today are encouraged. I know that there's going to be other moms that are very interested in doing this. None of us want to buy diapers or wash diapers forever. We're all wanting to. I think I can speak for most moms. I wouldn't say 100%, but it's pretty close, Rella. Wouldn't you agree? Like, most moms want to be their kids out of diapers as quick as possible. So if this is something that's tangible and our kids are responsive to it, like you said, we don't ever want to push our kids into doing something, especially with like any sort of potty training. I I would call this like a form. I don't, would you call this a form of potty training? I think it's very similar. Um, I mean, I don't have that problem. There's some people like it's not potty training, but like it is. It, like, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're communicating with your kids to train them to use the potty. Right. Exactly. But, um, I like anytime you're pushing your kid into potty training and they're not ready or they're like freaking out about it, we should give them that break. That's absolutely true because you will create a bad relationship between your kid and the potty and it can actually cause them to take much longer to potty train. So that's really, really great advice. Um, and I'm glad that you made that, you know, um, apparent for moms too. Like if your kid is having a hard time with it, then just stop and don't push them. It should be a fun thing, right? Like, or a routine thing. Routines make kids feel safe. So if you just make this a part of the routine, especially as a baby or really young, then they're just going to be like, oh, this is just what we do in life, right? Just like everything else we teach our kids and everything we teach, we have to take time for training. So you just get to decide at what age you really want to start this. I think, did you ever learn, one of the questions that I have um, before we wrap up is, did you learn, um, you, you touched on this earlier, after 12 months, it's early potty training, right? But did you learn that it gets harder at a certain age to do this, even like, so I know that it's, I guess, I guess with elimination communication, you probably, if it's considered early um, potty training after 12 months, then that's what the issue would be, you know, with them, with that there, like, so they, so eliminate, elimination communication is truly up until you're 12 months old is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Right. Kind of. It seems. Yeah. And it might not be exactly 12 months. It might be a little bit after, but yeah. um, it might be like 14 months, but there you, okay. after a certain point, your child gets so used to always using the diaper. It's almost like right. now you kind of have to break that habit and introduce something oh. completely new yeah. instead yeah. of just you know, incorporating this into your daily routine so mm -hmm. that even if it takes you a little bit longer, maybe your child is potty trained at 18 months. Like that's still great. You know, Good. Uh -huh. um, that still saves you so many diapers. Like I had so many diapers left after she um, was done at 14 months. I had to sell them because that's I was awesome. like, this is hundreds of dollars worth of diapers that I had right. gotten. Um, and it was really nice. I was like, wow, like no more diapers. 
Yeah. Yeah. I had to work, work through that thought that I was having. So sorry about that. Cause I was like, wait a minute. Um, because I was just kind of trying to think through like, do they say this doesn't work past a certain age, but then you're, um, you answered that question with like, they become, you know, diapers become habit forming for them. So it, it really is something that we should try when our babies are babies, right. And we're not entering into toddlerhood yet or above 12 months, 14 months, but. Cause they get um, so busy too and interested mm-hmm. in everything else. They won't want you to take them away from what they're doing yeah. Body. yeah yeah so there is that like sweet spot for an age for this to take place I'm probably at it right now with my eight-month-old right yeah, yeah I would say so all right I'm bringing that potty up tomorrow I know right where it is I'm not even kidding we're gonna sit on it you're gonna go to the- he goes to the bathroom with me anyway and he pulls himself up on the tub I think he'll actually be really excited about the potty he'll probably be like <sighs> Like, what's this? This is a new thing I get to explore and check out. We're doing it. We're going to do it. Here every day goes to the bathroom with me every time unless he's sleeping. So I'm going to decide on times that I want to introduce him to the potty every single day. And we're going to do that because and just make that a part of his routine, even if it's just a few times a day. But just to have that be really consistent because that's what's important, right, is the consistency and establishing that routine with them while they're young, right? Definitely. And then awesome. just, you know, have your sign and your your sound effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Have the sign and the sound effects. Yes, thank you for reminding me of that. Um, so does the sounds that you use, are the, can you just make them up like for your own thing that works for you? Or is there certain sounds like the sounds that you were doing earlier to associate with peeing and pooping that we should use as parents when we're starting this? So I just did that because it was easier for me to remember. I know a lot of people yeah. go and a lot of people, I think instead of going, they actually go, uh, uh, uh. like it's <laughs> kind of like a pooping sound anyway, but yeah. I just stuck with because <laughs> I didn't think that was super hard and it she did it fine so awesome yeah so I just wasn't sure if there's like some things have a method to to the madness like you should be doing this step this way and um this sounds just like really something that's easy to do and very very simple and you can kind of you know use the process of it and then kind of make it your own and what works for you and your kid and i i love that about that and that's kind of what you did right with your daughter relaby yes awesome well is there anything else if you had a tangible you know tool or anything any other advice for moms um to wrap up today that you can start challenging them to do um, in their lives, what would that be? I would say that people should make sure to check their boundaries, especially when it comes to, I mean, everybody around them, really. Safe boundaries with your children, safe boundaries with your partner, safe boundaries with your parents and your friends, especially regarding your children. I try to make sure that people talk to my child the way that I talk to her. I don't mm-hmm. want anybody, even myself, to become her negative self-talk and like yeah. who she hears when um, 
she thinks poorly about herself or anything like that. I don't want her to have any self-doubt. And yeah. so I advocate for her and set her boundaries for her because she can't. And I yeah. created really strong boundaries around myself because of that too. Yeah, that is great advice. I'm really big on boundaries too. And um, one of the things that my, my special needs guy has a hard time respecting is boundaries. And we, we have a problem with that. Um, and he gets, you know, a consequences and, um, we, we give them choices and that's, we call that grace because they'll say, give us grace. And they want the second chance or they want to be rid of the consequence. But we say, listen, this is a problem. This you know, whatever the problem is, I'm saying, we don't say this is like necessarily, this is a problem, but this is the thing that's happening right now. This is what we need to happen. And, um, you have a choice to make if you, you know, are not like, if you do not respect this boundary or this rule, sometimes it's just a reminder of the rule. This is the rule. Um, or, you know, the other day they were eating in the living room every day. They were just on break. Okay. From school. That's a rule that we have. I don't necessarily care when they get older to eat in the living room. Sometimes I let them eat popcorn in the living room when we're watching a movie or whatever for a special occasion. The reason why they're not allowed to do it is because they make a mess. I have a baby. I can't have food all over my living room that the baby can choke on. When they are older, more responsible and don't make a mess all over my living room that they don't want to clean up and it becomes an issue. Even when they do eat popcorn, they're like, eh, they don't want to clean it up if they make a mess. And popcorn is messy. I mean, have you ever looked in a movie theater? I mean, there's popcorn yes. all over the place. So as adults, we even are messy with popcorn at times. So, and that's a choking hazard for my baby too. So um, they were eating in the living room and like, dudes like, are you kidding me right now? Like, this is a rule that we have, like, you need to follow it. So I'm like, this is what's going to happen. If I find you with food in the living room again, the food is getting taken away and you will not be allowed to eat it. Like, I'm just going to take your food away because this is an everyday, this has become an everyday thing because they were home with me every day. And mm -hmm. every time the two times they would get a snack, they would sneak it in the living room. And this has been going on for weeks. And I'm like, I'm done having this conversation. This is what's going to happen. And you have a choice to make. You want to keep your snack, then you keep it at the table. But if I find it in the living room, it belongs to me. So you get to choose. And I'm reminding you that this is the rule. And this is what grace is. Because they're always asking for grace. Because we're big on grace. And I'm like, this is what grace is. I'm reminding you of the rule. And I'm not just taking your food. I'm reminding you of the expectation and the rule. And I'm giving you the grace to make the right choice. You don't make the right choice next time you're being disobedient and defiant. Maybe you forgot. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt right now. But if you do it next time, like you're being defiant and disobedient and breaking our rules. So like this is what's going to happen, whether you like it or not. So if you don't want that to happen, don't bring food out here. And that's just kind of how that goes for us. But that's a boundary, you know, that's, it's a rule in our house, but it is a boundary, you know, like we need to keep the baby safe. This is a boundary that's set to keep the baby safe. And then also to keep, it's a boundary for me. I don't want to clean up this big mess. Once you're old enough and more responsible to do it yourself or not to make the mess, then we can readdress this rule. This doesn't have to be a rule your whole life or it Maybe it does. I don't know. That's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's 
boundaries are huge. And I'm really big on boundaries too. And that's like one of the things that I like talk to my kids about. And I was just using that as an example. There's lots of ways that I've created boundaries over the years. People don't love boundaries, especially when they don't have any usually, and you're the one creating them. They does not feel good for other people, especially members of family. Um, but it's important that we do that. And like, we don't, something that we were forced to do growing up or just like really encouraged to do. I mean, sometimes it seemed forceful, um, not in like a negative way, but is to like hug and kiss our relatives. Goodbye. We don't do that. We ask our kids, Hey, do you want to say goodbye? Do you want to give a hug and a kiss? They'll ask, like, I'll just usually say, Hey, do you want to give hugs? Um, say goodbye and give hugs. And I will encourage them to say goodbye because I do think that's being respectful, especially if we like go stay at my in-laws house, like make sure you say goodbye to Nana, you know, and then she'll ask, Hey, can I have a hug and a kiss or can I have a hug or whatever? And they get to decide if they want to do that. If they don't, I'm like, okay. I mean, I feel like that's boundaries in their own autonomy and maybe they don't want to be touched for whatever reason or hugged. You know what I mean? Um, I don't always love to be like overly affectionate and I have my, my boundaries with that too. I don't want random people just coming up and hugging me or expecting that all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, if I met you and you were like into hugs because I am into hugs because I like you and maybe we like go meet each other for the first time and we have this connection, right. And we build a friendship. I most certainly like would be like, Oh my gosh, can I hug you? But you know what I mean? So there's a difference. Sometimes I'm like, eh, I just really don't feel like like this is just, this is not respecting my space right now. I need space. And I think our kids really deserve the same respect and they deserve to choose. Um, so that's an important boundary too. And, and not, and fam, and that's a way that family doesn't really understand. Right. Do you find that too? Now I we're do. talking about a whole other concept, con, uh, a topic, <laughs> but we will wrap up. Um, for the night, we could talk about boundaries another time, you and me, I think, because I think it would be a good conversation. And we revisit boundaries on the podcast a lot, okay. um, a few different times. There's been several people that have talked about it. I've talked about it because it's a really good thing. And I'm really glad that you gave moms um, just that little advice to go. But moms, I encourage you that if you are um, interested in communication elimination, um, did I say that right? Elimination communication. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, elimination communication is what I meant to say that you should start, um, listen back to the steps that Rella B helped us with. I feel like I'm in a really good place to start this with my baby tomorrow. Um, and just being consistent and kind of making this his routine and, and see, letting him lead it and see where it goes. Um, so I encourage you if you're interested in doing this and you have a young one, um, like me that I'm going to challenge you to, to do this this week and to get started. And, um, for those of you that don't, uh, Rella just gave us really good advice at the end of the episode with, uh, boundaries. And I encourage you to kind of look at your boundaries, 
um, and see, you know, if you have areas of your life where you could start creating them for 2024. So Rella B, I just adore you. Thank you so much for being here. You are beautiful. You are radiant. You are just um, a ray of sunshine that I certainly needed in my night as I'm feeling sick and um, not my, not my best as I record this episode, but this has just been such a joy for me and I've enjoyed having you here. Make sure moms listening that you check out Rella, uh, and that you, uh, do readings with Rella on her videos with your kids on her YouTube channel, because that's going to just be so much fun and so amazing and buy her books. I'm so excited to get some for myself. So thank you, Rella. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you so much, Britta, for having me. This has been great. Yes, thank you. Well, until next time, moms, take care and God bless.